Calling all AEC professionals. Get ready for unparalleled professional insights with detailed and original podcasts by RCAD. This is the podcast that brings you the untold stories and lessons learned behind the design and delivery of a building project. Hey, it's Sharice Lakeside, aka the CSI Kraken, and your host. Join me as we dive deep into the tales of conflict, triumph, and sheer ingenuity. Yeah, so when Serena was named for the, it was going to be named for the building, you know, we really were able to work with teams at Nike Branding and how to really infuse her influence and identity in the very public spaces. Detailed features architects, engineers, builders, and manufacturers who spill the beans on the most complex, interesting, and downright odd building conditions they've encountered. Another challenge of the of the shuttle is actually and putting it in launch position is how you brace that seismically. It's really supported by only two pins at the base of the booster rockets. And there's a large base isolator that's underneath the shuttle that kind of prevents it from moving too much in an earthquake. The, you know, when you have 600 people or 300 people in a room, acoustically, you really need a high floor to floor so that you can have the right acoustic environment for people to be able to talk and that, that speech intelligibility is really good. Every episode unveils lessons learned and connects you to the products you need to navigate similar challenges. Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Detail today and be prepared for the unexpected on your next project. Every building has a story and we are here to tell it. Over the past 10 episodes, you've heard stories of triumph and setbacks from our featured founders, Jeffrey Lee, Lexi White, and Chris Tarasi. You've been able to get an unprecedented look at what it's really like to start a new architecture firm from scratch. You've heard them explore their business model, been a fly on the wall as they came up with the name Level Studio Architecture, witnessed the struggles of legal and financial aspects of the business, and so much more. Today, we'll bring the Level team back to revisit the first season of the podcast. I'm Demetrius Lynch, and this is the special season one wrap-up of Emerging, a Gable Media podcast. You love the efficiency of a spreadsheet. Maybe you don't love spending the time, but you love the efficiency of a spreadsheet. I only said it so emphatically to provide a a good counter to Lexi's hate, but... (laughs) I was constantly finding myself doing a lot of things that were outside of my comfort zone and just trusting that with these partners that it was the right move and that I would grow from it despite how much I hated it sometimes. Thank you for tuning in to this special bonus episode. For those that don't know my voice, I'm Demetrius Lynch, Chief Creative Officer and Co-Founder of Gable Media. And I've had the fortune to work with the Level team over the last few years to bring this podcast to life. So it's really exciting to come back together and revisit this entire season now that it's all out there to the masses. So I won't waste any more time. You've heard their voices over the last 10 episodes, so no introduction is needed. Jeff, Lexi, Chris, welcome back to the mic. Thanks for joining me. Hey, hey. Thank you. It's exciting. You think people are sick of my voice yet? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. 
So I wanted to take this opportunity to revisit the podcast in a couple of different ways. There was so much content, we didn't get a chance to really talk about the podcast experience at all. And then in that discussion, I think we'll also have an opportunity to expand on some of the content in the season as well. So I want to throw it to you guys with this first question. Now that you've kind of heard everything, this content was all from about three years ago now. So listening back, what was your initial reaction and thoughts on the season? Jeff, I'll start with you as the the narrator. Yeah, sure. Well, initial thoughts were it's really hard to listen to myself for 15 minutes at a time. So that was all hard. But otherwise, it was really fun, honestly, to look back, especially since these recordings were from so long ago. So it was really interesting to see kind of where we started from. It was really fun, a bit nostalgic. But after getting through a few of the episodes, you know, it was... I was kind of hooked on our own story and the storyline. And I was thinking, you know, how beneficial it would have been to kind of hear this type of, you know, story being told when we were starting it. So I guess in the end, I think, you know, I'm personally very proud that we were able to do this. We kind of got out of our bubble to do it. So, yeah. Lexi? Yeah, it's it's hard for me to listen to myself also. So. I've had a little bit of a struggle with that, to be honest. It's also a bit scary to like put out pitfalls and whatnot into the public. It's not something I'm super comfortable doing. So that's been an interesting feeling. It's been nice to, yeah, kind of relive it and have people reaching out saying like, oh, we're listening or, oh, it's kind of fun. Like I've heard you talk about that, but it's fun for us to hear it from a different perspective. So kind of a mixed bag of experience <laughs> which is you know fun yeah i i loved it and <laughs> that's, that's all uh credit to you demetrius for really stitching together a narrative yeah really i echo what jeff said about how structured it was and it, and it kind of laid out the step by step in a very coherent way so kudos to you on building out the narrative and making a coherent story out of what was otherwise quite messy <laughs> Yeah, we've gotten a lot of comments from friends and family as well who all appreciated it. Yeah, also very nostalgic. There were a lot of little pieces that I had kind of completely forgotten about. And it was even kind of a learning tool for us and a reminder of of things. Oh, yeah, that's how we got there. Or, oh, we should revisit that, like reading something or hearing something again that we maybe dropped the ball on. Even three years later, we can always continue to grow and build. Yeah. Chris, you, I think we received the email from you initially, literally three years ago, and you mentioned it, I think in the last episode. So it's been, it was been like a two year journey of on and off discussing several options to make this work. How did you guys feel over that long period of time? Like the ups and downs of the podcasts even happening or not happening? <laughs> I think because the first time we met with you, you and Mark, you, you just said, you know, start recording everything. And that kind of became second nature to us. It was just kind of a given that we were going to be recording and for better or worse, would sometimes forget that the mic was on and <laughs> and would have to, you know, we probably didn't filter ourselves as much as we should have. So apologies for anything that you heard in there. That, <laughs> so we got used to having things recording in the background 
that said, it definitely came with challenges. I don't think we were ever really concerned about whether the podcast would happen or not. We thought it would be great if it did, although we also were terrified at the prospect of it actually coming to reality. But we also thought it was a really exciting opportunity to share our story and and put a resource out there that hopefully helps others learn from our lessons. Yeah. Lexi, you were shaking your head. (laughs) I mean, I think Chris is maybe, well, I don't know, maybe in his opinion, it wasn't a lot of work, but I felt like it was a lot of work to like manage that on top of like trying to start something from nothing. It's interesting. Like, obviously, we really wanted to do it. Otherwise, we wouldn't have gone through that effort. But I actually think it was a lot of effort, which, yeah, maybe became second nature. But like, the amount of time is actually a lot of time that's been dedicated to this. We we almost treated it like another project. Yeah, a lot more respect to what you do, Demetrius, having to, yeah, I mean, just the sheer amount of raw recordings you'd have to go through and then stitch it together. It I think this all started when it was just on a list, right? We had, I think, do a podcast as a potential, you know, project we could do. It was, I personally didn't think it was, you know, we had a good chance that of being a reality. And then you guys got back to us and that was like, okay, so this is real now. And we had the call and it was exciting throughout the whole process for me, but the reality hit as we were doing it, you know, uh, how much time that actually takes, all the nuances of doing it. And then I think we went through the effort of kind of structure it ourselves at one point. But then uh, there's also, you know, the things we hadn't thought about, like, like Lexi had touched on, you know, what information do we want to be putting out there about ourselves? Yes, we wanted this in the end to be a very educational thing, but it's also a representation of us and our business. And so I think those kind of conversations came up along the way. So it wasn't just so black and white. And of course, now that it's all over, you kind of have that weight off your shoulders. It's easy to say, like, you know, look back and like, oh, that was a great, easy process. But there was, it was definitely sprints of a lot of work, especially, you know, kind of, we were trying to transcribe some of the meetings. I think we tr- transcribed like a year of it and the meeting minutes. And then we also had to, you know, deal with these massive files, but that's all on the technical side, but it was a whole process. We learned a lot. And in the end, we get to have something that kind of lives on and hopefully makes us look good. Thanks to you. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, if I can add a couple things too, because I think aside from just the process of having to record and and upload files and all that stuff, there was also a regular kind of turmoil between us all like are we doing this should we do this is this the right move for us mm-hmm. as we've discussed we're all awful at social media and and kind of putting ourselves out there but the further along we got as business owners we also realized that this is a critical part of owning a business is is being public and being a personality and i always look at people with their vlogs and all that set up and just kind of roll my eyes a little bit but the reality is that that's uh, where the world is in, in marketing. And I think it's something that we're all uncomfortable with. And we also were very concerned that because we were bumbling through a lot of things that, that it may end up leaving a bad impression or making us look incompetent. But at the end of the day, starting a business is, is full of trial and error. And 
it wasn't an easy decision to just say, okay, we're going to do this. There was a lot of back and forth about whether it was the right move for us. I'm personally happy that we did in the end. I think it's going to be fun to look back on in another 10 years. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. So you mentioned friends and family that had kind of reached out after the season started to roll out. Any particular feedback stood out to you or responses that you got? Yeah, apparently you made my voice sound very soothing to everybody. <laughs> that was I kept hearing that from Chris's family. Maybe it just is, Jeff. Yeah. Maybe it maybe you it never is. Knew. Yeah, I never knew. I believe the word was sultry. Sultry. Oh, even better. Oh my gosh. Wow. Oh goodness. Okay. I got um a few people in my family being like, well, first of all, they all they all loved it. They're not just saying that because they're family, I hope. But I, I had a few of them also say, it really gave me a clear insight of what you guys are doing or trying to achieve. And I mean, when I'm home, I, I like to just kind of talk about family stuff and not talk so much about the business. But I do update them at major milestones. But in terms of the bigger picture of what we're trying to achieve, I think that came through again, thanks to the narrative. And I think people were excited to hear that. And and it also maybe uh, helps them to kind of present us to their friends and network and family because they have a clearer idea of what we are trying to do as a business. I got the same comment from Ash's dad. She, he was listening to it too. And I think a few episodes in, he had a very similar comment where he was like, oh, this is, you know, I guess I really didn't know what it is you do, that, you know, you just draw buildings all day which at the end of the day, I would love to do, but running a business is a whole other monster. So, I mean, the only thing that sticks out to me is my dad really liked being, I think he, I think it was clipped in like the first episode. He was pretty excited about that. <laughs> I don't know. I talked to them pretty extensively about what we're doing. So I think they had a pretty good idea already. But, and then a lot of old coworkers of mine that I had talked briefly about, like when we've made a few milestones, like ca very casually, but I think they were excited to, you know, especially living in California and Chris and Jeff are in Brooklyn. I mean, I'm not there anymore, but when I was, you know, I would talk about them and they had no context of who these people were. So I think that was kind of fun for them to, yeah, get to know them a little bit too. We also had a couple of friends from grad school and and that network and and as you said former co-workers and some of who i i know have the ambition to start a firm as well and they were really excited to have this resource out there so I, as long as it's hitting its target demographic i think people really can friends and family learn, learn from it yeah friends and family <laughs> <laughs> so lexi you mentioned your dad really had a an episode that he liked mm -hmm. Do you guys each have an episode that was your favorite? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not going to lie. It is really difficult for me to listen to. And I have given Chris and Jeff full license to that the episodes. <laughs> I have not been able to listen to them. I listened to the first one and I, I just can't. I don't know what it is. So I apologize. <laughs> I'll say that the the one that I enjoyed the most like in terms of the different people that we kind of had on was actually the one that I had missed which I did listen to which uh, with Nikita and I thought that was really kind of eye-opening all this stuff she was it seemed so simple but you know it was 
great to hear, maybe also because I hadn't been in that conversation. Yeah, you'll get used to your voice. You have to just push through it. <laughs> <laughs> I hate my voice. It's like a whiny little ring. <laughs> it's not as bad as you think. <laughs> I remember in, in college that we had to record ourselves and then listen to ourselves. I never listened to the recordings. I just gave fake, <laughs> fake critiques. It, maybe I shouldn't admit that, but I totally get it. Jeff, did you have a favorite episode? I really enjoyed listening to the, the name game just because that was... Just I, I forgot how much of an issue that was, and you know it's definitely really fun listening to it back. I think Lexi's parents were in that one quite a yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah. So it was really fun listening to that. I don't think I had re- heard that recording, so it was fun listening to you know we all went to our friends and family to kind of see what they thought. So I, that was a fun memory. I really enjoyed you know obviously all the guests we had on. It was so beneficial for us and our like how we thought about the business and how we were running it. Yes, it was like for the podcast, but it was such an educational experience for us, especially the finance one with Nikita. So yeah, overall, I don't know if I have a single favorite one, but I definitely have a lot of favorite moments throughout the whole process. Yeah. The finance one was with Megan, Megan Dolly. Oh, yeah. right. Finance one with Megan. Yeah. Sorry, I'm getting all mixed up. Should I re-record that? It's take two? <laughs> no, you're good. Yeah, that one was good, too, because it it made it sound like more possible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think we were in a little bit of a rut at the moment, too, when that happened. And so it was like a little eye opening to see like some of the metrics of maybe what it would really take. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My favorite one by far was the name game one, because... At the end of, well, first of all, hearing Lexi's family the, for, for a solid, you know, 10, 15 minutes there was great to hear behind the scenes. Oh, but I also to relive all the awful names that we had come up with. Oh, terrible. Fifth Hammer. Oh, you know. Fifth Hammer. <laughs> the, I'm, I'm glad we didn't land there. I'm glad we didn't land with Fiber, which I <laughs> forgot was even in the running. <laughs> oh, God. But I think we nailed it because we were looking for something that was like reassuring, that had a relation to the industry. And and I forgot all the reasons we picked our name. And hearing that again, I was like, oh, I guess I guess we really nailed it. Also, yeah, that episode with Megan uh, was fantastic. And I, I still need to re-listen to that weekly to, you know, remind myself because I'm not very uh, financially oriented. So she did a great job of making that very visual and easy to digest and understand but everybody we met with i think we're still not there on the insurance like uh having to purchase insurance so i think once we're ready and being able to go back and listen to all zach's insights again is going to be great and then brian and nikita both gave us just Mm. such good feedback and i think that week in the in the next couple weeks after we talked to them we just overhauled our website yeah redid everything and and yeah and have gotten a lot of compliments from it. We've talked to, you know, as we're trying to do more networking, we've reached out to kind of more professional people to try to network with them and and are just very candid about where we're at, about not having a ton of work under our belt as this firm. And we've gotten comment after comment about the website just looking professional and deceiving that we are not like a fully established <laughs> firm just yet we've heard that from a few people and and that is seriously all thanks to what we learned from the conversation with both nikita and brian 
Attention architects and creative minds, get ready to supercharge your brand with Build Your Brand, the podcast that's unlocking the secrets of branding success for creatives. Hey there, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my friend, architect marketing expert, Jeff Eccles at Build Your Brand Podcast, where he explores the captivating stories of the world's top brands and transforms their lessons into powerful moves for small firm architects and creatives like you. In season one, Jeff shares the thrilling tale of Southwest Airlines, where he dissects their journey to the summit and distills it into strategies tailor-made for you. It's important to keep in mind that companies like Southwest compete in the real world, just like you, and face real-world challenges, just like you. You might be surprised at how similar those challenges are to the struggles that you grapple with on a day-to-day basis. Don't miss out on your blueprint for success. Subscribe, tune in, and let's build your brand together. You may have noticed that the very best brands in the world are also known for having somewhat unique corporate cultures. That's often the glue that holds everything together when they encounter those rough spots. We don't do it because it inconveniences the passengers to whom we are primarily dedicated, the short haul uh, frequent flyer. Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Your Brand today. Remember, no matter the size, the journey's the same. Your brand's journey to the top starts here. Yeah, it's a dramatic difference seeing the beginning or what the website was to what yeah. it is today. It's, it is a very big difference. Yeah. Yeah, as far as a listener sort of reaction and feedback, I think the branding name episode was probably one of the biggest ones that got a lot of activity and response. I think people really enjoyed your name, the Gen Y collaborative oh no no see this is what we're talking about what do we want to put out there into the world (laughs) so painful wait what was some of the comments did they love it no nobody (laughs) loved it (laughs) it was a a sarcastic love (laughs) it's like the ultimate ridiculous name of that like students are grasping (laughs) it's Strong. And it just got longer and longer. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. And then I think people also uh, kind of gravitated towards the uh, debate on spreadsheets. That was another one. Ugh. That is a one I would like to correct my narrative there. Oh, yeah? <laughs> okay. I don't love spreadsheets. I know I said it. I don't know. Yeah, you do, dude. Yeah, you do. There's just no other you way. You said it pretty emphatically that... You love spreadsheets. I know I said it myself. <laughs> you love the efficiency of a spreadsheet. Maybe you don't love spending the time, but you love the efficiency of a spreadsheet. I only said it so emphatically to provide a, a good counter to Lexi's hate, but <laughs> sadly, there's like no other way to track all this stuff. And, and we have done a good job of weeding it down, but I wish there were a better way or another way, but I think it just is what it is. So, so for for all the project management software people listening, yeah, give us a call. Yeah, absolutely. Let the level team. I was gonna say there are softwares, but they cost money. So if you're a lean startup, <laughs> you start with spreadsheets. You start with a spreadsheet that you would love to be more efficient. 
Yeah. But they can reach out and let you guys test them. No, absolutely. Would love to. Yeah, there is a lot of great software out there. And, you know, as we grow, th- this is the first year we're actually spending money. And it's been great to kind of upgrade some of the tools that we are using. So that's been exciting, but more to learn. Yeah. And as we get our first project too, you know, you might need more of these project management softwares too. So yeah. we'll see how it goes. So is there, besides your correction for the spreadsheets, is there anything else from any episodes that anyone else would like to add on to or correct for the record? Yeah, I mean, insight-wise, I mean, looking back at the whole process, maybe bigger picture is, you know, us shying away from the financial side for so long just because, you know, it felt so daunting. But obviously, you know, we've learned since it definitely is still daunting and we're still learning a lot but i think maybe it's not as scary as you know we i personally thought it would be and i think that's general comment to a lot of this stuff for starting a business just because that's so different from what i actually was doing professionally just the importance of of the trial and error so we've set up our Amazon Associates program as kind of an additional way to maybe streamline money uh, or streamline like additional ways of bringing in revenue to the office. That said, we've also obviously all been reading a ton of books. And I think even as we revisited the episodes and we, we really kind of saw where we were short of knowledge, we've kind of made it a point to purchase some more books and and we now have a list of book recommendations in our blog for aspiring architects that they can check out and we continue to add to that but it's you know hearing the episodes back and reminding ourselves that we're always learning that there's a lot of good resources out there you know we're looking up taxes for dummies a couple weeks ago and (laughs) and try and and like children's tax books and and like we're looking for the simple illustrated kind of stuff i don't think that's on on the blog post yet but there are (laughs) a lot of other good resources out there that we have been reading and and try to continue to share with people who may be following down the same path all right so let i want to take a break from questions well actually this has another question in it but from a listener Iyad, I think is how you pronounce his name, sent in a, a, an email, said, Hi, Level Studio. I've listened to Emerging and love each episode of it. Not only is the show very well organized, fun, charming, and captivating, but also very informative. I've taken notes of all the names of experts you've talked to. Your podcast made me think, as intimidating as it sounds, it's actually possible to open a firm. Maybe one day I'll do it couple of questions, if you don't mind, and forgive me if you talked about these. Have you found the local AIA chapters useful in any way in acquiring clients and RFPs? Does the AIA help in any way as starting architects? I think we haven't really reached out to AIA chapters that, that much. I mean, personally, like Jeff and I are still in the process of getting licensed. And so we're not fully like in the deep end on that. And I think that's an important piece that maybe we didn't realize we needed to be involved in those things, maybe starting the first year when we were deciding to really start. And we've realized that more within the last year that the networking piece and being involved in organizations and 
just knowing people who might know more people who might know, you know, becomes exponential. So we've kind of begun to realize that I would say within the last even six months. Yeah. I'll say in New York, the local chapter, there's a, there's a AIA Brooklyn, as well as AIA New York, Manhattan, there's upstate branches, everything. They all have great programs, uh, great lecture series. I personally do attend some of those and and sometimes drag Jeff along as well. They also have uh, subcommittees for young professionals and small practices, which we have, you know, gone to some of their events. And I, I will say we haven't taken full advantage of that and really gotten plugged in because at the end of the day, we are working nine to fives. And then from, you know, six to 11, we're starting the business. So those kinds of events are a little bit hard to make time for while starting a practice. And there is just like so much information out there to dig through. AIA National has a whole resource on building better or mm-hmm. like more sustainability focused with just a ton of PDFs that we haven't had time to dig into, but we have them bookmarked. And one day we'll hopefully start digging through that. So yeah, I think the local chapters do offer some insights, especially if you're just getting started. If you can find those emerging practices or small firm subcommittees, I think they're really helpful. But at the same time, we're talking about networking and trying to figure out how to network. And part of that is getting outside of your or knowing your audience and our audience is not necessarily architects. There are competitors. No, there are, there are <laughs> friends and, and people that we can learn from. But in terms of time management, it's better for us to get outside of that network a little bit. Yeah. I think Brian also kind of alluded to that in the episode of, you know, depending on what your ideal client is looking into those types of organizations and how you can go to those conferences and events that they have. Second question, same goes for licensing boards, such as California or New York Architecture Board. Since they have a registry of licensed professionals, do they refer public seeking professional architecture services to their licensed members? I think what he's trying to ask is like, do they help you project yourself out there as a studio or find work? And I'm not sure we've... I'm not sure one if we even know if that's an option. <laughs> well, AIA Brooklyn does have a find a local architect section, and we recently just got our names added to that list. And I have noticed we're getting like one website visitor coming directly from that link a week. So Ooh. maybe one maybe one day someone will bite. But it, <laughs> <laughs> it I mean, it, it's. Compared to the amount of traffic we're getting otherwise, it's it's like half our traffic. No. <laughs> <laughs> so they do have that resource. I know that the Manhattan chapter also has that resource, but it requires building out, I think, a page on Architizer and then somehow linking it to their network. So it's really inconsistent at the federal level and all the local chapters. But at least getting your name listed on the website is, is something that you can do. Licensing boards... I don't think licensing boards help. They just take your money. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for the most part, it seems like they're, uh, yeah, just purely there to make sure you don't break the rules and that you're actually punished if you do. (laughs) 
Right, right. <laughs> and that you keep uh, paying your fees and pay for all those exams. and Yeah. 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 So then he finishes off again. Thanks for the amazing show. I've already recommended it to so many of my friends. And then I want to give one more last feedback from a listener. Their username was SK3790. <laughs> Said the team is honest in their nice. approach to starting a firm from scratch, sharing failures as well as small successes all the while forging stronger awareness of the value they collectively can bring to clients. It's a very sincere, raw story and can't wait to see how it unfolds. I think this was pretty early in this season, in the season. So some feedback there. That's sweet. Yeah. Very cool. So I want to play a quick game of expectation versus reality. This is quick rapid fire response. Just one line. As I work through this, and I'll just go through who I see on my screen left to right. So expectation versus reality. Jeff, what was your expectation of starting the business? Versus the reality of starting the business? Yeah. Yeah. It's Well, the expectation was, yes, it'd be a hard work, but I don't think I had any idea all the steps. So the reality of it was I was constantly finding myself doing a lot of things that were outside of my comfort zone and just trusting that with these partners that it was the right move and then I would grow from it despite how much I hated it sometimes and yeah so that's that's did I answer the question <laughs> yeah yeah okay there we go all right Chris expectation versus reality on the podcast I didn't expect that it would happen after you know three years of, of back and forth that how difficult it is for you guys to to bring something like this to reality was eye-opening to us so you know there were times where it was like maybe it'll happen maybe it won't and then just in terms of the quality of it it far exceeded my expectations i, I thought it would be a lot more of just kind of crappy meeting recordings <laughs> a little bit hard to follow along because the whole process was very messy or is always messy but I think, as I said at the beginning, it's it's been great. So yeah, way way beyond what the expectations were. Lexi, expectation versus reality on starting a business. I mean, I think we expected to like probably be able to getting work would be a little easier, <laughs> or at least faster. Maybe not easy, but that maybe three years in, we would have like a whole slew of things going. And maybe it's just the way, maybe the reality is is that we decided to take an approach where we're like doing this while maintaining a full-time job. And so the reality is, is that finding, carving out that time, you know, throughout the week is really important. Otherwise, you know, lots of time can go by and not a lot can happen. So I'm going to double up on you, Lexi. What's uh, expectation versus reality on the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> expectation, we would all be like super famous. And <laughs> I think expectation, my expectation was like that maybe it would be embarrassing. I'm just being honest in that, you know, when you show a lot of your failures that maybe that's not a great marketing look. I think the reality of that is I still have my own fears about that. But um, what I care more about is 
working with these two guys. And if it's just another avenue of like trying stuff and failing or not. So, you know, it's another avenue, uh, another piece in the process of trial and error. Chris, expectation versus reality on the business. On starting the business? Yeah, I, I thought would be, you know, rolling in clients by now. And that is still something we are trying to figure out. And even when we get good press or, or good news, it's still trying to figure out how to how to bring that to landing a client. Uh, that is the, the continuous challenge. The expectation was definitely that it would be hard. And it has been it has been challenging. And I, I think big, the biggest thing is, is just the loss of, of free time. And after a while, that starts to get very fatiguing when you look back. And I think it, this came up maybe in one of the episodes, but it, it's real very quickly. You can look back and be like, oh, it's been six months and I've worked every evening or morning and every day of the weekend. And there were certain times where we took you know a long stretch a month off at a time and that was just to recover so and that's that, that's been great to take that time off all right jeff to wrap this up expectation versus reality on the podcast i did not expect to be narrating so there's <laughs> expectation failure number one <laughs> well i mean it was just like chris put it on the list of you know potential things we could you know uh, avenues and projects we could do and I honestly didn't really take it very seriously until we got the call. And then my mind was kind of scrambling, all right, what is this going to be like? So the reality part of it kind of all came crashing when we started to do our narration recordings and like listening to the, the final product and seeing that, you know, like you had done such a great job of writing together this coherent storyline. And I don't know, I, I think, at the end of the day, I was very, you know, really proud of about what we had put together. But this was definitely one of those things I was saying that was just so completely outside of my comfort zone. So good positive reality at the end. All right. Winding down, personal or professional, are there any big changes or milestones without giving away too much <laughs> for a future season? Any big changes or milestones since the period that was covered in this first season? I'll start with you, Chris. On a personal level, I got married and and that was great. And Jeff and Lexi uh, gave the speech at my wedding, which was very touching and also embarrassing because, <laughs> of course, they're going to embarrass me. They uh, printed out stickers of all embarrassing photos and handed out 500 stickers to all the guests. And I got photos for the next few weeks of those stickers in various cities on walls and other public property. So <laughs> that's a personal one. Is there a recording of the speech? I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure I'm we sure do have a recording. Is. And I, I was just thinking about that the other day because I'd love to listen to it again. It was, it was very touching and very happy to have them be a part of that. On the professional level, big changes or milestones in relation to Level Studio, I'll just say we are continuing to grow. That hasn't stopped. I don't think we won any competitions in the first season, but uh, if there are following years, you'll maybe hear about an honorable mention in one and in an actual 
winning of one, which has been great, as well as some good press that we've received otherwise by other media companies. That's all been hugely exciting. And then uh, the the flip side of that is feeling some pressure to now live up to to some of those things and, and really capitalize on on the great things that have happened. Lexi. Personally, I'm left Los Angeles and we're figuring out maybe how that can help us <laughs> in the future now to the East Coast, but I'm not with the boys in Brooklyn. I think professionally, I mean, I guess I would just echo what Chris sort of touched on, which is we had a few successes, which have kind of kept us going, you know, also including the podcast and getting to talk to the slew of professionals, I think really gave us a little bit of fire. I think I said that earlier too, but it was definitely a moment a nice moment in the year in addition to some of the other like successes, small successes we've had in some of these competitions and stuff. Yeah. Jeff. I'm trying to think back and everything that's happened since year one. I feel like a lot's happened, but personally I recently, you know, started taking my exams, which was long overdue, which I'm glad I've started, completed some, you know, major projects in my nine to five. And that's been great. Uh, I've kind of moved on trying new things professionally as well. The level professional side, I think I mentioned it before, but you know, in the doing this podcast was such an enlightening and educational part. And we've been doing that for what, two, two plus years. I guess the biggest thing professionally is just that we've stayed committed to this and we're all learning the ups and downs of it. It's not always pretty, but we're still dedicated to it and we're like I said, we were, we're, we're adapting to the situation. So I'm proud of us, even though we're not swimming in dough yet. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. One message that I saw, I don't know if they're an actual listener yet, but they said they were going to subscribe. And one thing that they had hoped to hear, uh, which we didn't quite get into this season, but they hoped to hear about people and culture in the series so maybe that's something that that can be tackled in a future season mm -hmm. but we'll see how things go for the listeners out there just a, a reminder we love to hear feedback on the season that will definitely inform when and if season two and and how we continue to proceed with this so we'd love to hear from you your thoughts on the season there'll be a link in the show notes to email us you can always message on social media Gable, G-A-B-L dot emerging on Instagram or on Gable Media on LinkedIn, or you can always reach out directly to Level. You guys want to give uh, your email and social media addresses? Oh, ours? Chris yeah. is thinking about it. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for Jeff to do it. He closes. Oh, okay. No, Chris. Chris, you should do it. I did it like 10 times. <laughs> you forgot our social media handle again. Oh, that's not <laughs> it. Our Instagram is at lvl.studio.architecture. And our email address is admin at lvl.studio. And would love to hear from anybody. If there are any questions that, that come up, would love to help out in any way we can. All right. Any final thoughts before we wrap up? No pressure to add anything else if you don't have anything. 
thanks to anyone that listened to this. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> friends and families, thank you for doing this for us. And anyone else, hopefully this is worth it. Yeah. And, and thanks to Gable Media, Demetrius, Mark, and, and the rest of the team. Yeah, for sure. For making it all happen. It, it was a lot of hard work, and we can tell. And I appreciate the opportunity, and it's been great working together. Yes, seriously. Yeah, thank you guys for sharing your story and, and putting it out there. I know it was super helpful for me to, to be sort of a fly on the wall and listen to all these conversations that I've listened back multiple times, both from a quality control <laughs> perspective <laughs> and on a personal level for my own business. But thank you guys for trusting us to do this. Uh, it was a great, helpful content that I think will be helpful for a lot of people. So it's been great. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you to the listeners that have been listening all this time. Again, just a reminder, hit the link in the show notes to let us know your thoughts and social media and all of that stuff. I would love to hear from you. Thank you so much for joining us for season one of Emerging Ooh. and hope to talk to you soon. Thanks. Nice. It's like a closeout tune. Small firm entrepreneur architects. Get ready to build a better business with the Entree Architect podcast, where business meets architecture. Hey, it's Mark Arlapage, the host of Entree Architect podcast. Join me every week for inspiring interviews with passionate people that share proven strategies to help you build a better business. If you think there is a problem, one, you can't make a move until you have a plan in place. The accountability chart really helps plan, okay, for the business six to 12 months out, this is what we need. We cover it all from financial management to marketing, sales, productivity, and beyond. There's two sides of it, right? So there's the one when you don't have any work. So you're like, well, I'm either going to charge enough to be profitable or I'm going to go out of business. Or you have so much work and you have backlog and you don't need any more work. So you charge way more. I'd also say lagging measures, one of the best, like the best, best, best. <laughs> so for any client, for any professional service um, company, if you're going to take one thing away from what we're talking about today, is to look at a number called the labor efficiency ratio. Entree Architect is not just a podcast. It's your secret weapon for success. With over 500 episodes, it's one of the longest running architecture podcasts in the world. You're sure to find the information you need to elevate your business. Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe now and join the community of small firm entrepreneur architects building better businesses.